the Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it Tuesday again, and it's Block Talk Radio time, and this is John Fisher, and I'm coming to you from Southern California. We have a wonderful guest today, two guests, and they were on here uh, over a year ago, 2014, when they had their last project out. Um, it was called The Martyr's Prayers, very unique musical uh, creation. And these guys come up with definitely new types of very different things. Your last, your last project, well, it was so unique. You, we went way back to the martyrs of the faith, and we talked a lot about that uh, the last time you were on our show, almost a year and a half ago. Um, uh-huh. This time you went back to, not quite so far back, more into our lifetime, yours and mine, Dwayne, I think we're, we're contemporaries here. And, uh, exactly. uh, the early seventies, <laughs> uh, the Jesus movement, all of that. Um, what, what made you go back to that time? And, uh, what are you trying to do by going back there and connecting us with the present? How, how is this, uh, how's this come about? Michael, why don't you take that in the first instance? I'll follow up. I sure will. Well, um, the inspiration for the music for Mystic Chapel uh, originally came from uh, a, a, a meeting that I had had through, actually, through Duane, uh, a mutual friend who was an Eastern Orthodox priest, and he had, uh, I, I was kind of exploring different uh, ways of worship way, way back mm-hmm. in the 70s, and um, I had attended uh, Eastern Orthodox uh, services and, and Russian Orthodox, and, uh, and just kind of fell in love with the, the liturgy and the mystic side of it. And I met with this um, Russian Orthodox priest, and he gave me a copy of the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, um, the Easter Vigil um, liturgy. And I just, I was, just fell in love with it and took the little booklet that he gave me and... Um, went home and started putting it to music. Um, hmm. And uh, that was way back in the mid mid to late uh, 1970s. And so I, I literally oh. wrote some of the music, about half of the music on this album, Mystic Chapel, um, 35 years ago. Um, no kidding. And uh, I had recorded it with a friend, um, on a Thanksgiving weekend, we had uh, a guitar shop with a recording studio in the back of it um, 
uh, on a Thanksgiving weekend, and and my friend said uh, we can use this this studio for the whole weekend because um, the guitar shop's going to be closed. And I recorded um, four of the songs, um, just kind of rough demos of them, um, way back in I think it was 1979, and um, and I kind of had. I sat on them all these years uh, and really had no place to share them. Um, and when Dwayne and I kind of reunited about four years ago, I said, here, here's a cassette tape of um, the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom um, and uh, that I did way way back in the day um, you know, let me know what you think. And that's kind of how it all started. Now, the other um, thing about this, John, is that certain of those songs weren't just things that Michael had recorded, but they were actually things that we had used in our little uh, Calvary Chapel Fellowship in Ohio as worship songs. Wow. Because we were interested in, and we were studying the fathers, we were studying ancient Christianity. And mm-hmm. so, uh, for instance, one of the songs, uh, a Joyous Light of the Holy Glory, we used to sing that uh, at the end of almost every Bible study for a couple different years. Wow. Yeah. wow. Uh, so wow. It, was, it was something that was real to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when when Michael gave me the cassette tape, I uh, I went ahead and I made a, a, a digital file out of it, and I said, let's see if we can take this further and actually do some more with it. And so we started uh, writing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. You know, Dwayne, you have always been, I guess both of you guys, just hearing you talk, You've always been very deep into the the historicity of the faith. This yeah. is this is not a this is not a common thing, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> Saddleback Saddleback doesn't really get into this. I don't think, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, California in general doesn't. Uh, why do you think that is? And and uh, w- well, one why. Why has it been such a such a rich thing for you? Maybe maybe you could tantalize us a little bit with that. And then and then why do you think it hasn't been important to our, our culture today? Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me it was there was a, there was an academic side of it. I I did my PhD in early church his, history. You know, as I went on with my life and my career. So I, I, I can say, well, you know, that's part of it for us. But for us, it was it was the realization. This and this goes back to Calvary Chapel in Ohio when I was pastor there. It was the mm-hmm. realization that we're not the first ones who have done this. <laughs> we're not the first ones who have walked this Christian walk that there are others that have come before us, and we ought to see what they said. Mm. And so if we were going to do that, 
we should go back to the beginnings of the faith. Mm -hmm. Take a look at what happened in the first two or three centuries. And when you do that, you're presented with a very different view of the church. Now, Mm -hmm. as to why this isn't done currently, I... I think there's a lack of curiosity. I think mm-hmm. there is, especially among American Christians, we somehow want to believe that we have invented the wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> we've yeah. done it, and we've done it for the first yeah. time, and nobody else knows this but us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, when you think about it, is just patently ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, of course. Michael, yeah, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, for for me, it was uh, uh, way back when, um, you know, Jesus People Movement. Um, as part of our community of faith, we regularly studied. Uh, well, you know, we we really do- dove into the Book of Acts, and and from there. Uh, Uh, At least for me, um, I was curious as to, well, what happened to the church then after, you know, the book Mm -hmm. of Acts? What happened? And um, and I started, um, especially with with, uh, Dwayne's encouragement and and through his teaching, um, uh, studying the church fathers and um, the early church and what they went through. And... um, and you know, for my spirituality, um, my spirituality is is kind of mystical in in a real sense. And so, for me to in, involve myself in ancient liturgy was mm-hmm. it fed my spirit uh, because I mm. I felt a connection to well, this is uh, what the early church and uh you know early christianity kind of went into and i it it really uh nurtured me i i guess in my mm. faith and spirituality mm-hmm. so that was my interest i think um people have you know we were talking to somebody um just the other day about um they were they said he was a professor at a seminary and he said you know they they're they're not teaching uh, church history very much. Um, at, at, he said at the seminary that I'm teaching at, he said they've got me doing a a token class on saints, and he said uh, they're not really doing much with uh, covering church yeah. history and the early church fathers, which I think is a shame. But I think that's representative of what's going on with the church today. And I I think as well, John. When we would read something like the Didache, which is right from about the year 100, Mm. well, we're reading about taking communion together. We're reading about Mm -hmm. serving the poor. We're reading about uh, helping those who are in need, welcoming the stranger. It all made sense to us. Mm -hmm. It all made sense. It because that's sure. what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it's what people like Glenn Kaiser 
Mm-hmm. It's what he was trying to do with Jesus People USA. It, right. it was real to us. It mm-hmm. wasn't just sort of an academic exercise. It was real. We wanted to be uh, like the early church. We mm-hmm. want we wanted to be like we wanted to be the real thing, and I guess that's what really um, made us really study those early documents, early church, early liturgy, um, the early church in general. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think you know you mentioned uh, earlier about how uh, how our, our culture our 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 church life is is um, uh, only interested in what's going on right now and um i i really think that it's not only church i i think that i think that's a part of our culture in general mm-hmm. um we isn't it that we just we live right where we are and um uh, you know we're so inundated with the latest of information and we have all these ways of getting it. Um, the whole idea of going back, well, why would you do that? Uh, well, well, you know, we've got all this coming at us right now. It's almost overload. Um, yeah. Do you think that plays a part in it, too? Well, you know, C.S. Lewis once said that the uh, greatest prejudice is the prejudice against the past. Hmm. Uh wow when he uh, wrote his introduction to a translation of uh, Athanasius's uh, treatise on the Incarnation, he said, our greatest prejudice is a prejudice against the past, what's gone before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh... It does wonders for your own faith, doesn't it? When you when you find somebody passionately expressing uh, something that you also know and feel about the Lord, um, only it was like three hundred years ago or four hundred years ago. Now you guys yeah. have gone back way way farther than I have. I go back to about Blaise Pascal. That's about as far as I go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh-huh. But that's you know that's not bad. That's sixteen twenty three. You know, and yeah. and he 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 carried a, a, a paper <clears throat> sewn into his cloak that had the his own expression of his conversion. What happened the night that the Lord came to him, and he just wrote joy, joy joy and he had these little brief little snippets of words that were happening as he was having right then that experience with with the lord and it's unbelievable to read that and go i know what that is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i know what that exactly. is that was 400 years ago you know it's the same thing it's the same lord it's yeah. uh, oh my we need that I, and i think, think I, I think when you reach back across the centuries like that and you realize, you know, we, we talk about believing in the communion of saints, you know, all believers from all time. Well, you know, I, I, it, it sounds weird to say, St. Augustine isn't St. Augustine. He is Augustine, who's our brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He's our brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and simply because he lived at a certain time doesn't mean he should be discounted. Mm-hmm. And and I think there are lessons as well. When when we were prepping the album Mystic Chapel, uh, there is a song that is called Death is Destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it most likely comes from even an older form of service than that of Chrysostom. It probably comes from the Liturgy of St. James, which was originally Aramaic and Syriac. These are the languages, Aramaic was the language our Lord spoke. Mm -hmm. And it probably goes right back into the second century. Mm -hmm. And it starts off in that song, the women disciples of our Lord. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The women <laughs> disciples. The women disciples. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. let's think about that one for a few minutes in the context of the church. <laughs> yeah. It tells us something. It informs us. It gives us a sensibility. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so desperately important that we regain that again, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we don't even call women disciples, do we, as a general rule? No. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, or at least when we're, when we're speaking of them in the, in the New Testament, we, we wouldn't call, and the women disciples went to the tomb. We wouldn't say that. Exactly. Would we? <laughs> no. We would say the women went to the tomb. Yeah. 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 They, they're yeah. sort of an add-on. They're uh-huh. sort of extra. Mm-hmm. Whereas within the early church, they were vital. They were, they were central great. to the whole narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 go ahead. I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you how excited that, uh, well, I was, but I know Dwayne shares this. When we found these treasures in this ancient liturgy, um, I, I mean, you know, way back 35 years ago, um, and realized that, uh, you know, like Dwayne said, these, these are our brothers and sisters who sang these uh, different songs, and um, yeah. and the liturgy um, that they are encapsulated in uh, is absolutely beautiful, uh, beautifully written. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, I, I feel like um, there are treasures that have not been discovered very readily by contemporary uh, Christians at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, uh, St. John Chrysostom um, was a, a early early church, uh, or, or Eastern Eastern. Orthodox Church Father, he was known as as John the Golden Mouthed because he he preached so eloquently, but he also wrote liturgy in such a beautiful fashion. And he, I think, he died in uh, the year four oh seven. Isn't that right, Dwayne? Yes, yes. Um, I, I mean, we're talking, you know, fifth century. Mm. Um, 
the year 400 around there. Um, I mean, this is way back. <clears throat> and to uh, take those these beautiful words um, and put them into music was, I I kind of uh, regarded it as a great privilege. Uh, and and we hope that people um, can can recognize that and recognize mm-hmm. our past with 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 that um, with this album. Okay, can you can you guys talk about Mystic Chapel? Tell us, <laughs> tell us where that comes from. That yeah, where does that title come from, and what is it? Is, or, or am I, you know, am I spilling the beans here? Is that something we should find out? <laughs> it's a place of encounter. Yeah. Okay. It's a place of okay. encounter. And, uh, you know, when we, when I was writing up a press release on this, you know, I, I said uh, that this is just a journey that we're offering. And that we recognize mm-hmm. that it's just our journey. But I try to encourage people to say, find a journey that you can make your own. Because a mystic chapel isn't a place that you're going to find on a map. It's an mm. encounter that takes place in the soul. Mm. It's where you meet the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. It's where you go through that experience of realizing that you have encountered the risen Christ. Wow. And that's going to be different for every person. Sure. And, and that's where and, we really and, want to take people. And speaking of that journey, Dwayne, uh, I assume you wrote the piece in the, in the book um, about a journey. There's a journey... Represented. Uh, back when we're getting our beginnings going, explain um, your idea is about that and and why why you wanted to go back and and capture some of just some of that from those early years. When we started Martyrs Prayers. We had been out of the whole sort of evangelical Christian scene for 35 years, John. <laughs> and when we came back to it, we were sort of like Rip Van Winkle waking up, you know, from a very yeah. long sleep. And we were astounded at what it had become. Um, you and I are similar ages, similar backgrounds. We remember the intensity of going to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, on a Saturday night for a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we remember somebody like Chuck Smith going through the Bible verse by verse. And holding three people, three thousand people, in 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 rapt attention for an hour, hour and a half, <laughs> just going through the Bible. Mm-hmm. I I know you can remember events and 
I, I can certainly remember events like this. Talking to Glenn Kaiser recently, he can remember events like this. And talking mm-hmm. to John Michael Talbot and Randy Stonehill, where before the concert began, before the Bible study began, you'd see somebody get up and say, I think God's doing something here. And there'd be an altar call before anything had happened, and 20 or 30 people would come forward. It was just the most amazing thing. And it seems to have been... I hate to use the word cheapened, because more money is being spent now than ever before on church events, mm-hmm. but it's been cheapened. It's, I, I very much appreciated what I read in your blog uh, today of what happens when you try to take the wind, the wind of the Spirit, and you try to institutionalize it. You mm-hmm. try to bottle it. You try to make it corporate. And that's what it seems to me has happened. And so the person that I put into this story is someone like us. They've been through all those experience, experiences. They, they have had all these various things happen to them through the course of years. And the end result is, they're just done with it all. They've, they're just done. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where to find something that's true. They don't know where to find something that's real. And they are desperately wanting that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the person in the story, the person who sets out on a journey and they end up encountering something that even at the end they're not quite sure what it is they've encountered, whether it was a dream or whether it was reality, but they know that it has changed their life. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to communicate in this. So it's like you're reaching back from maybe a place of disillusionment and uh, to to a time when it when it seemed so imminent and so real, and, and and you're trying to draw to connect the dots with that, yeah, and and maybe and bring us into an experience now, exactly uh, of, that was like what we had then. Is that am I saying that right? <laughs> Absolutely, you've gotten it. Absolutely right, John. It's We're trying to say this isn't something that we've got to stick in the past in the 70s or something that we've got to stick in the past in 105 A.D. We're trying to say this is what you can experience now. Yeah, yeah. You can find it now. It's there. Really, yeah. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still there. Michael? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, reasons behind the album is, uh, I mean, that's kind of underlying is, Dwayne and I have been just really 
sick and tired of uh, <laughs> contemporary worship, uh, praise bands, um, worship events, uh, so-called, um, mm-hmm. where pe- people get together and they uh, have these worship event, and it's it's pretty much a uh, it's a concert with. Uh, you know, incredible lighting and fog machines and um, repetitive choruses and whipping people up. Um, and, wh- I, I mean, we, we were really, really tired of that and, uh, and are tired of it. And we wanted to offer mm-hmm. an alternative that is mm-hmm. also rooted in, uh, in <laughs> you know, the early church and uh in rooted in ancient Christianity and liturgy, and um, and in scripture, and in scripture, and we and mm-hmm. we we wanted to like we've said in the press release, you know, we, it, it's just kind of a love letter to the church to say, you know, what if we still believed? What if we uh, still had mm-hmm. um, that uh, that spark? Uh, kindled in us that we want to do real worship not just uh you know a show a performance mm-hmm. but genuine yes. and and use the language of the church and not be ashamed of it um and we wanted to put that out there uh, as an alternative uh to what's cool. going on in the church today which we found quite frankly rather empty i, I mean john Tell me what this says. I'm reading a trade magazine, and I, I, I read it to Michael. This is a trade magazine for sound equipment and things that you use on stage. Mm-hmm. Half of the magazine is devoted to churches, mm-hmm. and they have the top ten items on churches' wish lists for equipment. And the number one item that they want is they want a fog machine. (laughs) I mean, a fog machine. I don't know even what to say about that, John. Yeah. Well, you know know what? See, I think you guys are actually, you're a lot more... Maybe, well, you probably already know this, but you're a lot more current than you know because uh, the kids that are coming out of the church right now that are maybe making their way into colleges, um, the 20s, late teens and 20s, they're tired of it too. And, yeah, they uh, are. Yeah. They, they, they will – got to get to them with this stuff because they will love it. I, I'm telling you, I know they will, and yeah. because, and I think you guys, you know, actually, you know, I, I used, to, I used to joke about. You know, Hello. Something old. Yeah. Did I, did I lose you? No, Just for a Hello? second. Yeah. Oh, we're still here. You didn't hear my punch. You didn't hear my punchline. No, <laughs> I didn't hear the punchline. No, we didn't hear it. The, the, the punchline was, "I'm so old, I'm hip." 
You know, because it's, it, it, it's true. You know, it comes back around. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if you just stay long enough, you know, then then the whole world's going to turn and and people are going <laughs> to want, they're going to be ready for you again. And here we are, you know, uh-huh. I yep. really do think I'm reading all this stuff about the millennials and, you know, they, they just want a guitar. They just want silence. They want somebody, they want real work. They want real, not, mm-hmm. not anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Boy, I, I and I think it's probably, you, you know, a, a somewhat of a backlash of of how far we've gone. We just we all get into this stuff, and we all run over here. Somebody has a success, and everybody runs over there. We got to mm-hmm. all do that, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's well, just you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. How many praise bands have you heard that you think I? I really wish they had never heard a U2 album, yeah. <laughs> because they're all trying to sound like yeah. the Edge, and they're all trying to sound like yeah. Bono, and they're all trying to do this whipped-up worship thing. It, it's not real. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't provide anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't provide yeah. sustenance, yeah. and. Well, you know, we 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 were the whole thing was to be relevant. It's like, and I think we're done with relevant. I I really do. I I yeah. love the way you use your, the nuns and the duns, you know. And 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 I think a lot. Of, I think we're done with relevant. I think we did that, you know, for about forty years now, mm-hmm. and it's it's time to get real, you know. Forget relevant. Let's be real. You know, well, let's just be who we are and find out what who the Lord is and what is this all about. And um, you know, so we're actually we're getting back to the start, which is pretty cool. I absolutely. Don't you? Well, let me ask you this, John. Uh, Larry Norman. Well, he was certainly a flawed human being in many ways. I'm sure you saw Larry Norman in concert often. Oh yeah. Through the years. Now, let's let's just say it. Was Larry a great guitar player? No. No. <laughs> Most of the time he was barely in tune. Uh yeah. Was Larry a fantastic vocalist? No. No. <laughs> But now let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a person get up with a little classical guitar in front of thousands of people and hold them in the palm of his hand the way Larry did? No. It was astounding. Yeah. It was simple. It was basic. It was straightforward. Mm -hmm. It was... It was authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. what people are looking for. They're wanting authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you, with the current state of uh, contemporary Christian music, 
My prediction is, is within about five years, contemporary Christian music is going to be represented by a secretary in a half office someplace in Nashville taking calls about something that's gone. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, that's good riddance as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I said this to a friend of mine who was in a Christian band, and he said, no great loss. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. And like like we were talking earlier, Dwayne, and like Randy said, you know, what, what would have happened? I often thought, what would have happened if we didn't do Christian music? What would have happened if everybody who was truly talented went out in the world and tried to be something, tried to use their talent in in the marketplace or where, wherever they could? If they really want, if we really wanted to get the world's attention, that would be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Then if, yeah. And, and you'd have to really be good. So a yeah. lot of them wouldn't have made it. A lot of That's the people right. who became famous Christian artists was never have made it outside because mm-hmm. they weren't good enough. And I'll be the first one to admit that for myself, too. And it was easier to go this route. Than, but, but what would have happened if we'd done And then if you were talent, really talented, though, I mean, you're pretty good talented, but you're not going to have a hit song on the radio. But... You could sing in church, and that would be great. And we could have this all, that would be have this all in the church, and all this talent be there. And then so we have that, and then we have these Christians out in the world affecting culture. Well, that sounds like a pretty good plan to me, and there's no Christian music there anywhere, you know? And Mm -hmm. so maybe that's a good model. Maybe we need to grab onto that now. (laughs) I I think there are a few that have done it People like Suf John Stevens And Mm -hmm. a few Mm -hmm. But not nearly enough Mm -hmm. Yeah And I I think in the 70s We had the ability to affect culture And we may have just blown it a bit Mm-hmm. We may have of gotten we too impressed yeah. with ourselves. Yes, of course we did. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I want to. Uh, I, I want to. Our time's kind of getting close to being over here, and I hate that because we could obviously go forever yep. here. But um, I love your. Qu- I've got to tell you, I, I'm still completely intrigued by your question. Uh, the Martyr Project, you had a question about what would we die for? Isn't that yeah. what was the question on the Martyr Project? Is that did I get that right or that, close that's to that? Correct. That's right. Okay. What would you be willing to die for? And this question, though, is what if we still believed? I'm I am just so haunted by that question, and I can't even figure out yet why it haunts me. But can you speak to that? Why did you choose that question? What if we still believed? Well, I think it's because as we re-entered into this world, John, we found so many people who either no longer believed, uh, believed but didn't quite know what or how they should believe, they weren't affiliated with any place, and then other people 
who still had faith, but they were just done with the church. They were just yeah. done with it. They gave up. They just gave up. Yeah. A lot of people out there just gave up. Um, but they still believe, but they don't know how to believe and live that out. Um, yeah. So we thought, you know, the question for this is, what if we still believed? What if we <laughs> actually began to act on our belief? Hmm. What if... What if all oh, – I, I can tell you just straight out. What if they all came back? How many people do you think passed through Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa in the 70s and 80s? Oh, my. Yeah, thousands. Uh, 20,000. 30, 30, tens of thousands, yeah. How, John, how many people passed through the Vineyard Fellowships in the 70s well, and but, 80s? Yeah, same deal. Maybe but, not quite as many, many people, but same deal. How many people passed mm-hmm. through? Where are they? Hmm. Yeah, where'd they hmm. go? Where are they? What happened to them? Well, some of them... Uh, get the catch every morning. <laughs> some, some of them are my are our audience right here, and I, I would sure like to get a hold of a lot more of them. But seriously, <laughs> when we hear from our people, a lot of them will resonate with this. They're, I think they're, some of them are the duns, you know? Uh-huh. Well, there, there are an awful lot of people hiding out. Okay, we're here in Indiana, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Long way from the West Coast. Um, Michael goes out and plays a show. And there's a secular show. It was a secular show. Actually, it wasn't in a church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. a fa- he does a Facebook post. And I can't even remember the connection, but I I mentioned something about Chuck Smith. One of the musicians who was on the same bill with Michael that night comments on his Facebook post and says, I used to go and listen to Chuck Smith all the time. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I miss it. Yeah. And this, yeah. this wasn't somebody who said anything about being a Christian to Michael or anything else. He's one of the people that we're trying to say to them, what if we still believed? What if we still believed? Don't yeah. give up on it. Come back. That's great. That's great. And that's the call. I love it. Don't mm-hmm. give up on it. Come mm-hmm. back and do something. Cool. Make a difference. Ah, This is great. This is great. Okay, now what if somebody uh, who's listening wants to get the Mystic Chapel. How do they do that? They can go right to our uh, website, which we had before, which is themartersproject.com. Okay. And everything is there for them to be able to uh, order the album. They can go on Amazon to get uh, the digital download or on iTunes to get the digital download. Um. There are a whole variety of ways to get a hold of it. Um, or 
If all that fails, they should get in touch with John Fisher, who will get in touch with Dwayne and Michael. <laughs> okay. Okay, there you go. There you go. The the And, and it, it starts with the, T-H-E, right? The yes. Martyrs Project. Okay, the, the Martyrs, Martyrs Project. Dot com. Dot com. Okay, folks, there it is. And... Uh, That'll get you, uh, if you haven't even gotten, you might want to get the Martyrs Project, too. Get the first one. And, uh, Martyrs, and Martyrs then Prayers. Uh, Martyrs Prayers, that's right. Yeah. And then we will get into uh, get into this Mystic Chapel. I've, I've had a chance to uh, listen to some of it, and I love it. It's, it's refreshing to the ear. It's, it's, it's different. It's, uh, it's, it's simple, but it's, but it's uh, beautiful. And... Uh, some of it's haunting. I really like this. So, uh, you guys, I can't thank you enough for being uh, a part of my show tonight. A and uh, any any last words to uh, to our to our audience out there? Any well, anything you could just say? I've got go? I've got a word for your audience, which is to say, um, thank God for someone like John Fisher. Mm-hmm. He still believes. Mm-hmm. He's still doing it. He's mm-hmm. still making the effort. He's still going forward. And, John, I cannot tell mm-hmm. you how much we appreciate that and how much we thank you for that's it. That's right. That's right. Ah, that's a real blessing. Well, thank you. You made, you made my day. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, we mean well, it, brother. I, okay. Well, listen... Until the next project, <laughs> you think there'll be another one? Oh yeah, yep. We've already Good. started writing and recording. We, yeah. We've already Fantastic. got. We've already gotten four new songs in the box. Okay, well, Michael, thank you for getting in touch with me. Yeah, and uh, do it again next time. On you this, uh, the timing was great today, so I, I appreciate it and. Uh, <laughs> And Lord bless you guys. Thank Thank you. All right. God bless. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. 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 Well, there you go, folks. I apologize for the funny beginning, but... lots of things you can spend your tax refund on but one thing you don't have to spend it on a new smartphone switch to metro pcs now and get not one but two free 4g lte smartphones for brands like samsung and lg plus you're on t-mobile's blazing fast nationwide 4g lte network hurry switch to metro pcs and get two free smartphones after instant rebate one heck of a deal only at metro pcs limited time offer sales tax not included in phone price coverage and services not available everywhere see store for details and terms and conditions with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.